This is Rookie Designer with episode number 128, Pepcon Adventures, and what is the Twitter? Hi, welcome to the new Rookie Designer podcast. My name is Kitty Florian, and I'm here with my co-host, Jake Bennett. Hi, Kitty. It's really good to be back. In today's episode, we're going to talk about PEPCON, the print and e-publishing conference, which we just got back from that was held in D.C. Also in today's episode, we're going to cover Twitter, what it is, how we use it, and how we think it can benefit designers. And we're also going to have a short bit at the end where we're each going to give a little tip or keyboard shortcut. So how about we get started talking about PEPCON, the print and e-publishing conference. What did you think, Kitty? I think it was a great conference. We got to hang out with 400, yes, you heard right, 400 designers and publishers from all around the world. There were people from Australia, from Denmark, from the UK, all over the US. I was from Guatemala. I I met a girl from Colombia. So yes, there were people from all over the world and it was a great conference. A lot of new information that we have to get in, especially about EPUBs. It, it was a little bit of information overload. <laughs> yeah, it definitely was. I mean, it was a two-day conference that I thought was absolutely great. It, it was awesome to hang out with not just 400 designers, but 400 designers that are crazy about InDesign. It's not often you get to go to a conference where there's that many people that love a single program. So it was really cool to actually get to talk to people and bounce ideas off them. It was really cool to actually meet other designers that love InDesign and hit it off. We had several people that we hung out with both days and we went to dinner with and stuff like that. So it wasn't just about the sessions, the keynotes and stuff like that. It was about building relationships and having a community as InDesign and designers. So it was it was a lot of fun. What was your favorite session? Okay, you know me. You know how much I enjoyed this session. Um, The session that I'm talking about is Grids and Other Typographic Power Techniques by Nigel French. Mr. Type A. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's why I I enjoyed it a lot. It, It pretty much was how to do your very own pretty much perfect grid and have all the typesetting that you're going to do within the document align um, no matter how many columns, no matter how many rows. For example, if it's Maybe it wouldn't align every single line, but you know that every fourth line, every third line, so it it keeps its scheme. It was beautiful. (laughs) It was definitely type A session. I mean, I I sat there and I I use grids and I use guides and stuff like that, but I have never seen so many lines on a document in my life. And it was really awesome to see what he did, but I was just blown away at how much prep work he did. And I can say it was worth it. But I had to laugh when I turned to you during the session, and I was like, wow, he's really type A. And then I stopped for a second, and I went, wait a minute. You do this, don't you? Yes. And what did you say to me? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I'll definitely link on the show notes a lot of uh, some sites about grids, and for, not, not only for InDesign, but also for Illustrator. And uh, Nigel French's book, which talks about typography in, <laughs> guess what, grids. I think those are going to be Two very cool uh, links that you'll enjoy if you are type A like me. But even if you're not, it's definitely it's a tool that I, I learned a lot. I learned a lot about how it's important to use those elements of a base grid and your guides and stuff like that to make sure your stuff lines up. So even if you're not type A, I definitely recommend that you check out anything from Nigel. All right. 
So what was your favorite session? I have to say my favorite session was actually not one of the sessions the first two days. It was actually the third day there were full-day tutorial sessions where you actually were with a single trainer, or if there were other trainers in the room, you were with that group for the entire day. And I actually took Russell Veers in-depth to CS5, and he covered Bridge, InDesign, Illustrator, and Photoshop all in the same session. And what really blew me away is he spent a really large amount of time, most like almost the whole morning, on Bridge how important Bridge is, how you can use it. Now, if you aren't sure what Bridge is, which a lot of designers don't know Bridge, Bridge is actually a small program that comes with any of the standalones, but it also, of course, comes with the Creative Suite. And it allows you to view your files a lot like the Explorer in Windows or the Finder in Mac, but what's really nice is it, it allows you to preview InDesign documents, Illustrator documents, as well as the typical JPEGs, GIFs, text files, stuff like that. So it's a, it's a much better way to organize yourself when you're working on a project. But like I said, a lot of designers don't know about Bridge or don't use it. So Russell spent a lot of time on that, and I really appreciated that myself because I don't use it very much. I learned a lot, and then he went into using InDesign, Illustrator, and Photoshop all together and showed how quickly he could bounce back and forth between them, editing files, updating files, and it was just really awesome to see him work. But more than anything, Russell is just awesome to be in a session with. If you ever get the chance to go to a session with Russell, you won't only learn, but you're going to laugh too. He is definitely a character, and he knows how to have fun while he's teaching you. Definitely a lot of fun. Now, you actually got to see some of Russell's stuff in the opening session in the morning, the first day, right? Yes. Um, I, he was doing something. Oh, oh, yeah, I remember what, what he was doing. He was doing some uh, the same thing that you were talking about, going from InDesign to Illustrator to Photoshop, and then if you needed to edit a file in Photoshop, it, it would automatically update the file yeah. in Illustrator and then, of course, in InDesign. So, yeah, I think that the, that is one of the like very much hands-on sessions that you get to enjoy. Yeah, and, and while it wasn't part of the regular two-day conference, I, I definitely recommend any time you can stay for the extra classes at the end of a session, they always seem to be worth it. I think the stuff the first two days, the actual conference itself, were a lot more conceptual, a lot more discussion on what's this whole new idea of EPUB. And I think Michael Ninnis did a really good job talking about that in his keynote and about how this is the next revolution, the next digital revolution. Because we know music got disrupted. We know TV and movies got disrupted by what's going on online. Now it's time for print to go through the same thing. We're finding that newspapers, unfortunately, are dying and losing funds and closing. A lot of the big ones are still open, but they're struggling to get their advertising dollar because things are moving to digital. People want electronic publishing. They want their newspapers on their iPad, their Kindle. They want their magazines on their Zunes or their playbooks. They don't want it in paper as much anymore. So that's what a lot of this conference was about. And you actually took a lot of classes discussing this, right? Yeah, I. Um, that was the main focus for me going to this conference. I do not know much about EPUBs. I do not know much about creating them. I enjoy them. I can. I have the Kindle reader here on my Mac and on the phone. I have a lot of documents that I can look at from iBooks. 
the iBooks app on the phone, on the iPhone. So I do enjoy it. Um, I still don't have an iPad. I hope I can get one soon. <laughs> I think we're going to end up saying that every episode until we actually get one. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> hint, hint. Uh, but, <laughs> but yeah, I focus a lot on getting a lot of the information, how they work, how you build them. I have to say that from my point of view, you got a lot of tips on that side throughout the three days, especially on the third day. That's, that, as you said, you did in like the in-depth look at CS5 on the third day. I was all about the EPUBs. And I honestly just want to get one of those magazines and start to take them apart to put them back together. I know that sounds strange, but that's how I learned. <laughs> I think that it's pretty much how every, everybody learns. And actually, that was brought up during the conference, that that's one of the best ways to figure out how all this is happening. And I think that's the thing that was really interesting to me with this conference. The instructors, the attendees, the hosts, we're all in the same boat. This is brand new. This is not something where somebody's got 20 years experience doing it. This is a revolution that is changing everything. And people are trying to figure out how to deal with it, what to do, um, how to design for it. And as much as these sessions were about teaching us about the latest things, there were a lot of times these guys turned to us and said, hey, you got a better way of doing this or you got an idea about how this works? Let's talk about it. And I think I really enjoyed that. It wasn't somebody up there telling me what to do or how to do something. It was a discussion. It was always, we're all learning this together. Yeah, and the the thing is that it it was not only about EPUBs, but for example, um, one of the attendees was looking for a faster way to do forms or better way or much, uh, yeah, I think it would be not only a faster, but a much more solid way to go through form creation or tables. And the thing is that there are a lot of things that you do not know how to do or that like fast enough. For example, if you do something over and over and over again, maybe a script is what you need. For example, you do certain things that you click and click and click. Maybe you need to, to learn the shortcuts. So there are a lot of things and a lot of going back and forth with all the designers and all the uh, the attendees pretty much. And it, it was funny because it, um, early in the morning when we all got breakfast and coffee and we we're like, oh, open spot. Can I sit here? <laughs> and, and you wouldn't feel like it was uh, like weird just approaching somebody because we all knew InDesign and we knew why we were there. So so it was pretty cool. Yeah, I, I agree. That was the one thing I absolutely loved about this conference is you could sit down and you already had something in common with somebody. It's not like when I, I went to Adobe Max a few years ago and I was a print designer and I and I had an opportunity to go to this conference for free. So that's why I went. It may not have been the best conference for me, but it was difficult because it was tough for me to find people that I had something in common with because there were a lot of developers and programmers out there. This conference, I didn't run into that. Like you said, you could walk up, shake somebody's hand and say, hey, I got this idea. Do you know how to do this? What do I do with InDesign? What shortcuts do you use? All things like that. And you automatically hit it off. So it it was a great community as well as a conference. And I really enjoyed the fact that the the attendees were fun to be around. The trainers were extremely easy to talk to, approachable. They went out of their way to be available. And if you had a question on a project you were working on the week before or something you had coming up, they were there to help you. They were there to give you that, that extra hint that you needed to get it done faster. It wasn't like they were locked off in another room. 
they made the effort to, to answer your questions, to be there for you. And I think Anne-Marie Concepcion and David Blattner did an awesome job hosting this as the hosts of InDesign Secrets and of this conference. I think they by far brought in the best people for InDesign and they did an excellent job. So I personally want to send a shout out to say thank you to them for inviting us to go and also for just putting on an awesome conference. They did a great job and everything was very well thought of. Uh, for example, one of the things that I liked was uh, that after the keynote, the first set of sessions, they were all shared. So after the keynote, it's not like all the craziness that you have to look for your room. <laughs> But um, at first, we all shared the same big room all throughout the morning. And it, and it was nice because during the the, key, the, uh, the sessions, you can also like kind of uh, in between, you could go back and forth with other designers to see what they think, what they what they were going to do. And all around, it was really, really great conference. Thank you, Anne-Marie and David. You, you rocked. <laughs> okay. Well, that, I, I think that about sums up what we did for... PEPCON. The only other thing I do want to add quickly is we did have a couple posts and we'll link to those in the show notes. We actually did get the opportunity on the way back to post about day one, about day two, and then Kitty posted some information about the keynote. So we'll link to those in the show notes so you guys can go back and read those. Also in today's episode, we want to talk about the Twitter. Obviously, it's not really called the Twitter. It's Twitter, but I have to laugh that we always hear news media and mainstream calling it the Twitter like it's got a personality. Well, anyway, we know that there's a lot of designers that are still kind of timid as to why they would use Twitter, what it is exactly, and how it could be beneficial. So I thought I'd start out by explaining or giving a definition as to what Twitter is exactly. According to Twitter's site, what they say is at the heart of Twitter are small bursts of information called tweets. Each tweet is 140 characters in length, but don't let the small size fool you. You can share a lot with a little space. Connected to each tweet is a rich detailed pane that provides additional information, better context, and embedded media. You can tell your story within your tweet, or you can think of a tweet as a headline as you use the details panel to tell the rest with photos, videos, and other media content. One of the things that we noticed at PepCon was that they were using Twitter pretty well. I think it was a great way for us to be able to share our experience during the conference to the rest of the world. We were using a hashtag. A hashtag is the number symbol and like follow with the word so it will be much easier for you to find any conversation for example for pepcon we use the hashtag symbol and the word pepcon for e-production anything will be related to epubs and obviously uh, the production of the of the epub it's e and the word production without the vowels. So yeah, it's like the hashtags are pretty much like search parameters that allow you to find stuff much easier. So back to topic, PepCon, I think it was a great way of us as designers using Twitter to be able to show the, those designers who are not using Twitter that it is a great tool. I think that out of like our little gang that we had, there were at least three or four out of like the group of 10 people that we were always hanging out with that were not using Twitter. And now they are. <laughs> um, they're, they're learning that they can ask freely about any topic. Of course, most of them are uh, related to InDesign. But for example, how can I do a better grab search? Or how can I tweak this XML data so it's 
better for me to place it on InDesign. So yeah, I think that it are a lot of designers that are not using Twitter. And I think they haven't found its usability. Yeah, they, they haven't figured out what the whole thing is about. And I think that's the one thing is that it is social media, so it does sometimes tend to have a little bit of a stigma to it that always oh, yeah. people saying what they had for breakfast or where they just went to the grocery stores. And yeah, there are those tweets that are out there. But I think the thing that's interesting is like you were saying, it's a great way to ask questions. And I've found that I get a lot of answers really fast that way. It used to be you'd email somebody and you'd have to wait a couple hours to a couple days to get a response. Now you can just ask a question on Twitter and boom, you've got answers within seconds sometimes. And sometimes it comes from what they call followers, which are people that sign up to get your tweets, or it can be complete strangers that see you in the public timeline, which runs, and a lot of people follow that just to see what's new and who's new. But it's amazing how fast you can get answers. Yeah, even like for example, when my Mac, my yes, Mac's break down, and when my just a little bit like just you know what, my computer's completely lagging. I've done this and this and this and this, and somebody else will say, you know what, just empty the cache or do this or just restart it, let it be a battery drain, and some things that you sometimes forget and those answers may be something so simple. For example, I remember that I think it was that I was having problems with Photoshop and it was doing strange things. I was going up and down. I was on I was uninstalling plugins and I was in I restarted the machine, nothing happened. And then somebody said, Have you trashed the prefs? The preferences, and I'm like, oh, that should work, and I and it did. But that's the thing that y you can ask as simple things like that, or you pretty much say something like open a, open a conversation. I've done it a lot of times. I can say, what's your workflow? My workflow is in photography. I take the picture, I download the pictures and back them up, then move them to Lightroom, and that's how I do it. I do not use Lightroom to download them. I use another application. And you can start conversations that like that and don't be afraid. Don't think of Twitter as like your first day of school when you don't want to talk. <laughs> that is so true. Just think of Twitter as a way of expressing yourself where nobody will judge you. I think that, that that is the most important thing because people think, well, if I have something and it's too silly or too simple, they might laugh. No, nobody will laugh. <laughs> Well, the thing that's nice is you're not going to hear or see them laugh, even if they do. <laughs> that didn't help. <laughs> well, but that's the thing is that we all know there are those kind of odd questions or those questions that get asked over and over again. But it's good to ask them because you're not the only one that's going to be looking to have something answered. And another thing, it's not that it's silly or not silly or it's the fact that you're asking that you're trying to reach out for somebody so I think I think it's good and I think that a lot of design firms and young designers can and old designers can get a lot back from it especially in with the epubs and e-production because the uh, the technology is changing so fast that right now that's one of the main channels of information. Yeah, Twitter definitely is. Now the key is not to just have it be a one-way street where you're always asking questions. Yeah. Obviously, as a rookie designer, you may not have a, a expansive knowledge of design or, or have all the years under your belt, but there's going to be something you can answer. And it's really important to take the time to give back, basically, and answer questions give your feedback, even if, I mean, it could be anything from somebody asking you a question on how to do something in InDesign or Illustrator to, hey, I just designed this logo, what do you think? 
take the time to be part of the community and express yourself in that way too. Not just asking questions or telling people about yourself, but also answering questions and engaging other people on there because that's how you build a community, you build a following, and also you build relationships. The thing that was really cool is, like you said, a lot of the people we hung out with use Twitter. Part of the reason we hung out with those people is because we had some communication on Twitter before we even got to the conference. Yeah. So we kind of felt like we knew them a little. So yeah, we already had like our gam without knowing, <laughs> but it but it was really cool. And some other things you'll be seeing a lot on, on your Twitter stream is that you'll see a lot of links. Those links are for articles. You can share. For example, if you go to our blog, after each post, there's like a, like all the icons of Twitter, Facebook, posters, delicious stumble upon so you can click one of those buttons and you can share the link and i think the one to use definitely is twitter i mean it's gonna help you become more recognized faster i think than any other social media yeah definitely and for example one of the things that we're trying to do is share interesting articles on our facebook page the fact that we like that, that facebook is so easy makes it so easy for us to be able to share information with you guys it kind of makes it that we need to share on both um not everything because if not it would just be like echoing one service to the other but i think there's certain articles that serve to be on facebook to share but for example if you see an article that you want to share share it with twitter and make sure that those articles are going to be relevant information for your followers. That's how you get more followers. Because for example, if we see that one of you is tweeting very interesting stuff, of course we'll retweet you that the Twitter equivalent of forwarding. And we'll share that information and give you credit for it. Yeah, and I think retweeting is a very important tool. And you also have to be careful you don't become just a retweeter. There are those people, too, as well. you got to worry about all they do is retweet. You're going to lose followers if that's all you do. You want to have a personality. You don't want to just be, like Kitty just said, an echo. You don't want to echo what everybody else is saying. You want to come out with your own stuff. You want to give your Twitter account a personality because you're a real person. Some other things that are really great about Twitter are jobs and lists. So let's start with finding work on Twitter. I think it's a really interesting thing right now is that people are posting, hey, I need a logo design or, hey, I need help with a menu I'm working on. And there's ways to search for that information, and that's where the hashtags really come in to help. But you can also just do a general search, and it'll search the text that the tweets are composed of because obviously people are still learning about what hashtags are and some people don't use them but it's a really good way to find work because people are asking again it's a platform to ask questions and get responses really quickly so if you've got a design project that you need done right away and you need it done quickly so that you can have it for if you're a, a middle person for your client or if you're a client you need it for that newsletter that has to come out next week or something like that it's a really fast way to find a designer so i think it's really important for designers to use that tool and go after that work i think I, i've answered a couple of ads, not ads, but I mean from my my followers list. 
Um, some of them would say, you know what, I need this done, or somebody else needs this done. Can you send me your information so I can either work with you or forward your information to somebody else? And maybe I haven't got the work, but I got my name out there. Well, it helps with brand recognition. A lot. And the fact is that years later or months later, you can get a call saying, hey, I'm going to start that project again. Do you want to send me like an updated quote or a revised quote so it's can be up to date and start working it you never know um also if you are going to be pitching for jobs this is a rookie tip if you are going to be pitching for online jobs on twitter make sure you get at least 50 percent off what you are quoting as a deposit as a safety net <laughs> yeah and obviously like any service email facebook twitter all those you have to be careful of scammers they're out there people will take advantage of you and i think something that we'll cover in a later podcast is about spec work and how that can be like crowdsourcing and stuff like that can be even worse on social media so it's definitely something to be careful about we'll, we'll cover that i don't know if the next episode but definitely one of the ones coming up yeah but just i wanted to just leave it out there for you guys one of the other things that jake was talking about was lists I love lists. I'm very organized. <laughs> and um, well, for example, what I like to do is I have several lists. I have one, like, for example, chefs and foodies. Because if you guys don't know, I have a recipe site called the Foodies Kitchen. So I like to follow certain chefs and foodies on my personal Twitter account because I also have one for that site, but that's another thing. Then for example, I have another that is called Creative or designers. What I do is I add certain creative minds and designers that I like to that list. And then I have another one called photographers. And then I have another one called Adobe. The one with the, that's called Adobe has trainers, people that I think are relevant in everything Adobe. All the Twitter accounts from, not all of them, but at least some of them, um, the Twitter accounts from the applications themselves and from some people from the de development team. So yeah, like I, I, I love my lists because that way I don't have to listen to the rest of my followers when I'm looking for something very specific. And the nice thing about lists too is that if you start a list, someone else can actually find that list and I guess subscribe to it. Yeah, without following all of the uh, all of the people in the list. Right, so it allows them to get all of those people organized so that it's very easy to find out information about that specific topic. It's kind of like a hashtag, but it's called a list instead. Now, you, like you said, you have one for Adobe. We'll definitely link to that in the show notes because I think that's something anybody using Creative Suite definitely should take a look at this list. It's impressive. It's well put together, and it's amazing to see all the information come out from these guys. Yeah, the same with the one with photographers and designers. I think I pretty much try to put the uh, the Twitter accounts, not the Twitter accounts, the uh, all the people that I follow on certain lists, depending on how relevant is their content. And I think that they're pretty good. Now, the, one of the last things I want to cover before we wrap up this subject is the tools that are out there that you can use. Obviously, there's the Twitter website, twitter.com, but there's also a lot of other software out there that can help. Um, we both use iPhones, so we are constantly checking Twitter on our 
iPhones. I like to use Hootsuite, and I'll, I'll link to that in the show notes. That is available on the iPhone and also on my laptop or on a PC. It's also available for Mac. It allows you to see multiple accounts very easily. Once you get into Twitter and you start doing Twitter with your business, you may want to set up one for a personal account, and it allows you to be able to, to see both of those accounts fairly easily. Now, there's one that you use and actually we both use because we use it for Rookie, is called CoTweet. Yes, but before we go to CoTweet, one of the important things is, is that Hootsuite, it runs as a web app. So it doesn't matter if, you're watch, if you are using a Mac or PC, you'll be able to use it. It's not an application that you will download. Okay, yes, that's right. For me, TweetDeck is too much. It's a big bulky, not bulky, but it's a big application. So I absolutely love CoTweet. CoTweet is like an enterprise size <laughs> application price also um, if you want to add more than five Twitter accounts. What I like about CoTweet is that you can assign, and I, I think it's the same with Hootsuite, you can assign people to certain Twitter accounts. So you can say, you know what, for for Rookie, I, I can handle the uh, Twitter account for Rookie, but at the same time, Jay can do it too. And cool thing is that you can link the user for bit.ly. That is a shortener instead of like seeing rookiedesigner.com slash 2011 slash 06 slash in the name of the episode. You'll just see a really short link instead of like that, that big, big link. So, um, so you can link each shortener service with each account. So it makes it much easier for me to be sharing stuff on CodeTweet instead of going back and forth in like two or three applications. Those shorteners are definitely important with Twitter because you only have 140 characters. You don't want to use 130 of them with your link and then not be able to say anything. So <laughs> yeah. the shorteners are definitely important. Yeah, and then for um, for my personal use, I like something very small, very tiny, and that doesn't leave a lot of doesn't use a lot of space on my screen. I have a 15-inch laptop and a second screen, but still. I want everything as compact as possible. So what I use is Twitterific. I'm still on Leopard. I'm going to get Snow Leopard soon. But the fact that it's small, I think it's pretty, It's it just takes a corner of my screen and I can minimize it. It doesn't have an icon dock, just a top menu. So it's not in the way. I like it a lot. Oh, if you like to use uh, an IM program in the Mac called Audium, you can also add Twitter under that. What do you use just for your PC not being Hootsuite or CoTweet? I, I would say I probably use TweetDeck, but I use it in Chrome. I don't actually use it as the, the software on the desktop. I The reason for that is I think TweetDeck is a little bit of a resource hog, and obviously I don't want anything dragging me down. So I tend to use it in the browser, and it seems to just run a lot better and not have as much of a problem with the dragging my computer down. But to be honest with you, I think I tend to open up Hootsuite most of the time when I'm on my computer. I don't really have a desktop application that I use. And I just, part of that is just making sure I'm not addicted to it. I have a way of actually closing it and keeping it closed and out of the way and not updating in front of me. I'm very easily distracted and Twitter <laughs> can easily distract you. Yeah, and one of the things that I like about Twitterific is that I can actually say, you know what, I want Twitter updates every 30 minutes or every hour. Instead of, I was trying to use Nambu, but it updates like every five minutes and it's and it just drove me crazy. Yeah, I just can't, I can't deal with that information overload every five minutes. 
Okay, one last thing I want to cover is your name and your avatar. I, I've got mixed feelings on this. I know a lot of people are saying that you really want your avatar to be your face, smiling, looking all cheery and inviting. I, I do that for my own personal Twitter account, but as a business, I still use my business avatar, and we do that for Rookie as well. I just think that if you're building brand recognition, that's important. Now, you want to have a personality too, and that's, you can do that in your tweets, but I personally think it's important to have that brand show up, and there's big companies that do that. And, and like I said, there's a lot of mixed thoughts on what the right thing is to do, but it's all on personal preference, and that's my personal preference is personal account, yeah, I'll use my face, business account, or like Rookie, I tend to use the avatar that's the business logo. What do you think about that? Um, okay, um, I know I have a blog, I have a business in Guatemala, but I have, my Twitter name is really short, it's iKitty, um, so I use my picture, and it's funny because I use that picture in every single social media thing, and, and it, it, it honestly didn't start as a branding project, it just started as, oh, I like this picture, so I'm, so I'm sharing it on Facebook, Twitter, Flickr, LinkedIn, and yes, even my IMs. I, I think I haven't changed it in like four or five years, <laughs> but I like it and it's me. Well, it be became a branding. It it became a branding. So yeah, I think that first of all, you need to put nice pictures out there, not just like an ugly picture of yourself. <laughs> yes. Make sure you don't change it often because people are, especially with designers, we're much more graphical and we tend to go much more easier for pretty images and pretty pictures than letters. I don't know if that makes sense, but if you have a picture that will make you recognizable as a brand, stick to it. Definitely. Now, like you said, you have iKitty as your personal yeah. handle. I have my name, Jake Van Ness, as my personal handle, but then as my business handle, I have Prepressology. That's a long name, and that's definitely something you want to look at. iKitty is great because it's only a few characters. Again, you got 140 characters. That includes if you if somebody wants to tweet you, they have to include your name in there, um, or they retweet you, or they're direct messaging you, or something like that. That all counts. So the thing you want to be careful of is you don't. If you've got a long business name, find a way to shorten it that still makes sense, but makes it shorter so you're not using up a lot of characters. Yeah, I think that that's. For me, that's it was the most important thing. Get it short. Since I I think I got Twitter, I I just looked at the date. I think it was September '07. I started with my initials and my last name, Sam C M Florido, and it was really hard, especially for people in the U S. to try to tweet me. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't. They, nobody got it right. So um, I said, well, let's try Kitty, and it was already taken. I'm like, no, somebody took my name. So um, I decided to add an I because, yes, I'm a Mac. <laughs> so it kind of makes sense. It kind of stuck. And I think I after I opened the account, I changed my name. And it's working It's working so far. It's working great. And I, I was lucky that I was able to get the same iKitty on Facebook, the direct link for my page. So it's, yeah, so so it works. It got the same thing for, for LinkedIn. So, yeah, it, it, it's good. I think that the fact that you can make a short and memorable name or Twitter handle, it's something really good, but don't 
underestimate the power of your picture. And while we're at it, on your background, your Twitter background, not everybody uses an application. If you are just starting up with Twitter, I would say use their web app because they have a lot of hints and links that will help you understand Twitter much better. So yeah, I think it's important that you focus on your Twitter background. Show off your work. Don't be afraid. Well, yeah, it's a great way for you to show some design and to show some creativity and have potential clients see what you can do. To basically sum it up, Twitter is a 140-character social media system that allows you to build community, build brand, promote yourself, and just make friends. We both enjoy it. We use it a lot. So please follow us. You've got iKitty, Jake Van Ness, Prepressology, and also, of course, Rookie Designer. So we'll put links to all of those Twitter handles in the show notes, and we'd love for you to follow us. Oh, and also, if you like recipes, <laughs> oh, yes. not to do it like a plug, you can follow also um, Helga and I on Ask Two Foodies, two in with letters. There's really good recipes. I can vouch. I've tried a lot of them. They're awesome. So definitely check that site <laughs> out, too. So I think that basically handles what is the Twitter, and I think we're going to go on to our tips next. Go ahead, Kitty. So my rookie tip is going to be how to switch applications without moving your cursor. I don't know, many designers know how to, or rookies know how to change applications without pretty much change what they're doing. You can change applications from the keyboard itself. The keyboard shortcut for the Mac is Command-Tab. That's to go forward. If you want to go back, you hit Command-Shift-Tab. Jake, how do you do that on the PC? On the PC, you're actually going to use Alt-Tab. And what that allows you to do is go forward. If you want to go backwards, you use Shift-Alt-Tab. That's a really good tip if you're trying to transfer between programs really fast. Okay, and Jake, I guess you have another tip? Yeah, actually my tip is directly in InDesign. You have that element that you placed, whether it's a vector or a Photoshop file, and you want to make a minor tweak and change it. So the best way to do that is to hit your Alt key and double click. And what that does is it actually opens up that file that you placed in InDesign in the native program. So say I dropped a logo in that's an AI file, it will open it up in Illustrator so I can edit it, save it, and then the nice part is when you go back to InDesign, it'll show you a little explanation point in a triangle in the links palette saying, hey, you need to update this because it's been changed. Kitty, how do you make that same shortcut on the Mac? For the Mac, you have to press Option, double click, and you will get the same result. Okay, so those are our rookie tips. Thanks for stopping by and listening to Rookie Designer. We have had some really good feedback this week, and I just want to say thank you to those people that sent us that feedback. We realize that a lot of people that listened to Rookie Designer before with Adam Hayes may be in for a bit of a shock when they find out that Kitty and I are now the hosts. We appreciate your patience, and we want to let you know that we're still trying to feel this out a little bit as to what segments we want to do, how we want to handle things, and we appreciate your patience. If you have ideas or you have feedback, stop by the contact form, or you can send this information at 
info at rookiedesigner.com. We want to hear from you, and we definitely want the feedback. This is a new experience. We've never podcast before. We're really excited about it, but we want to make sure you guys are happy with it, too. Let us know. Okay, and also contact us through Facebook at facebook.com slash designer and through Twitter, <laughs> as we talked about in this episode previously. It's uh, our Twitter handle is designer. Thank you so much for joining us. Everyone's a rookie before they're an all-star.